0: you have it, you <clears throat> you are worth it all, and welcome to tonight's live broadcast of The Road to Recovery. I'm your host, Dan Chuba, coming to you live from the city of West Chicago, from the offices of Daniel and Associates Real Estate, and why do you need to know that? You really don't, actually, but you do need to know that I am in recovery 24 years, 4 months, and 19 days. It is exciting for me. Every day that I remain sober is an exciting day for me. And I, I tell you, you can't make this stuff up. You can't even begin to imagine the wonders that I am enjoying sober in today's world. Now, let's do a flashback. You know, and the cool part of flashbacks are that they're only in memory. Okay? Because I don't have to go back to those days and times, at least ever again, maybe like that, if I ever picked up a drink, when I certainly don't want to. But, you know, 24 years, four months, and 19 days ago, my third wife and I were on our way out, going through a divorce. We should never have been married. To be truthful, the truth be known, we should never have been married. Why we married... It's part of the disease of what I suffer from. I don't have a drinking disease, boys and girls, moms and dads. I have a thinking disease. My best thinking got me drinking and kept me drinking, and my drinking kept me isolated from the rest of the world, and that's where I felt safest. That's where I thought I was the king of my own domain. And, boy, was I one screwed-up dude. Very much. You know, I was successful in the fact that I owned a real estate company, and business-wise, I did pretty well. But I had no life as a person, as a human being. And that is what our duty and job and responsibility on this earth is. It is not to amass great sums of money, boys and girls. Okay? Just so you know that. It's not to do that. But that doesn't mean you can't do that. You can. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a live show. And I'm sipping on some really good and hot well <coughs> hot chocolate. Woo. I just went down the wrong pipe. Okay. But yeah, going back to 30, 24 years ago four months. Seventeen or nineteen days ago I was I was at an emotional bottom. I was at the bottom of many things. I was financially broke. My company hadn't made a profit in a long time. I owed a lot of people money. I was begging people to loan me money. I would have said just about anything to get some money just to keep going more, even though it seemed like it was on a, on a crash course to uh, failure. And I still have the same company, by the way, just so you know. And 24 years, 4 months, and 19 days later, I have yet to to file bankruptcy I am much better financially than I ever was in my life man it didn't happen overnight but it was one day at a time one step at a time so going back to it I was financially on the edge of ruin 24 years four months 19 days ago I was defunct of friends I didn't have friends I had acquaintances I didn't know the difference between a friend and an acquaintance And I always thought that my acquaintances were my friends. Until when? When you need them. And guess what? The acquaintances are like, hey, I'm just your acquaintance. Some even tell you that they're their friends and disappear. Some will even borrow money from you, promising to give you a return of four or five times and disappear with your money, making a bad situation even worse. Can you imagine that? nah, it's like, nah, that can't possibly happen to me, but yet it did, I was morally defunct, you know, I would have jumped on almost anything, not everything, but almost anything that moved and that looked like a woman, okay, except those of view of the persuasion that dress up like women, I wasn't into cross-dressers or anything like that, no, real women, but It wasn't a matter of real standards like I had to know them or like them or care about them. It was all about me, what I could get and what I could satisfy myself with. Uh, Spiritually, you know, I believe in God. To this day, I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. His name is God. His name is Jesus. I believe he's the son of man. I believe that he came to give humanity a chance at eternal life. Beyond this earth. I really believe that. I have always believed it. I just thought. 24 years. 4 months. And 19 days ago. That I was never going to achieve that. I was not going to. Have that opportunity of eternal life. And. I felt sad. I felt. Despondent. And depressed. I thought that my life. That I had been living. I knew it was reckless. Had brought me to damnation. Let's just put it candidly, damnation. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. I got to say thanks to my friend Steve for for constantly updating the show. You rock, dude. Give my wife, give my wife. Give my love to your wife, Orlenda. Yes, Steve uh, puts together our page on Road to Recovery. That club so if you guys ever want to listen or check it out it's nothing exciting we don't post pictures it's a very bland you know I don't know hopefully you'll get something out of this you'll hit you'll hear some guy who talks about some of the problems he had might see some of the prob- listen to some of the problems I have maybe find a way out of your challenges maybe realize that you're not alone and that you're in good company. But yeah, spiritually I thought I was defunct so I didn't care. I I guess I was kind of like the devil in some ways. I didn't care about anybody else's feelings or anything. I mentally mentally I was I was I was broke. I don't know. I uh it's in, it's it's a very helpless Feeling to a very helpless feeling to think you have nothing nothing to live for. And I was there. I was really there. And I just I wanted to die. I had two DUIs to that point. Third one takes away my license for a long time, if not forever. Okay? Two DUIs. I had three, I was on my third failed marriage, and felt so damn unlovable. Unlovable. Who could love this guy? I'm one of 13 children. I have six brothers. I have six sisters. I sat Friday night, this last Friday night, my oldest brother, Leonard, is in charge of PADS out in our area. And I don't know if you guys know what PADS is. Um, you know what? There's probably a term for it. Let's see if we can find what PADS is, um, what what the term stands for. Let's see if I can even find it. Let's see. Let's go current. No, not that. Let's get another page. There we go. Okay. Let's look up PADS. And then we're going to find P-A-D-S, PADS. PADS. What is Pad? PADS? DuPage PADS. Okay. PADS is the DuPage PADS, at least. Let me tell you about DuPage PADS. It's got its own website. Okay. The solution to end homelessness. When someone believes in you, Everything can change. That's their, their website, dupagepads.com, I guess. Check it out. From here to home, DuPagepads is so much more than a pad on the floor. This is not a forever life. DupagePad is an advocate for those who cannot advocate for themselves. This is a time in their life, not their whole life, ending homelessness one journey at a time. What if you have no bootstraps? DuPagepads works with real people who want to help themselves, having a place to call home. You know, it's a a program of volunteers, of volunteer churches and organizations that open their doors and put mattresses down for people that are homeless to come on from out of the cold and sleep. And it starts with providing a roof over your head. And there are not just men that are homeless, and not just women that are homeless. Homelessness is not a choice. It says it's not a choice. Okay, and I believe that. It's not a choice. And there are children. There were three children in this group that we were watching in pads. And my brother asked, because they have to have, you know, I guess people who overnight sit and watch and take care of and provide, make sure that a safe environment is provided to those people that are staying in the pads overnight, sl- staying at night. I was just wondering if there was an acronym for the word pads. I, I, I hadn't seen it, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it says what it is. Pads, I believe, are all over. There are not just one place, but there are many places, and they, again, and they provide opportunity. What We do let's see, PADS part of what we do find shelter here. Let's see if we could find it. I was just hoping. Let's see, the two page doesn't state what two page what PADS really is. I mean, the acronym for it, but it doesn't really matter. It's a place where people rest their head if they have no place to stay. I was really surprised by the way I went and helped out. I started. My shift started from 11 o'clock and went to 3 in the morning. And, um, you know, they keep it in four-hour stints so that, you know, it doesn't become, you know, it's a volunteer, four-hour shifts volunteer. We played Pinochle. My oldest brother played Pinochle, and there was one other uh, woman there that joined us. So there were three of us. The woman was there to help the women because they're segregated, and the children, and then there is the men. And uh, some with special needs or requirements, like uh, wake-up times. There was one that had a wake-up call at five o'clock. We heard that there was one time a person that was allowed to come in after two, and I guess it's because that's when their shift was over, and they had pre-registered uh, uh, that they were going to be staying there, and they were given the okay. The people that are there have all all have IDs. These are not home. Uh, These are not, uh, um, these are all identified people, I guess. I don't know how to best put it. People that have IDs and and are are acknowledged and recognized. You have to have ID to get in there. And there are people that are not allowed back in because of their behavior. You know, and there's a certain behavior that you have to have to be allowed into pads. Now, Back for 24 years, four months, and 19 days ago, I had a place to live and a stay at that time. It wasn't the best place. It was uh, a place that I had. And, again, I, made, I I always made enough money to pay what I had to the essentials, okay? But I had no driver's license at that point because after my second DUI, I lost my driver's license for 20 months, and that was in 1993. And in 1995, I was just getting it back. I didn't have it back in completely yet. And that's when I met my third wife. And as unprepared we were for supporting individually ourselves, we chose to go at it together because our mentality was that we can do it. The problem was that my wife was already married. I met this woman and was led to believe that she wasn't married, that she was single, and we connected big time, and we were off to the races, only to find out that she was married and she needed to unmarry herself if she wanted to be with me. And I didn't encourage it, but I didn't discourage it because I wanted my needs and once met, and she was that person doing it, and it was crazy, What? Uh, but thanks to her, and I will always be grateful to you, Patty, for being that person in my life, I thought my life was tolerable, I thought I could handle the fact that I had two DUIs and two failed marriages at that point. And while I struggle financially, I leapfrog from one financial crisis to the next, getting deeper and deeper into debt. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I, I had people that followed me and cared about me, but I didn't let them in or get close and rebuffed their any attempts at helping me. Amazing. I knew little or nothing about Alcoholics Anonymous. By the way, this is not an Alcoholics Anonymous show. I have to let you know. And it's a live broadcast. Did I say that? Oh, my God. I got right into it without saying that. This is, not a, this is a live broadcast. It's a live broadcast being held here. And you can call in at any time and say, oh, Dan, you're boring the hell out of me. Oh, Dan, I heard that story again. Oh, Dan, have you heard this story that I got to tell you? It's more credible. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, tell me all about it. The number to call in is area code 323-580-5755. Now, the story I'm telling you is my story. Okay, and you might hear it, and you might hear it, and it sounds different sometimes. Sometimes I tell you more information than others. Sometimes I tell you different information, but it's all true. I don't embellish it. It's really screwed up, you know, and the fact that I'm still alive today is truly, truly a miracle and amazing. And not only that, but I got married last May, May 11th, and you know what? Today, being the 19th of January... February, March, April, May, we're eight months, eight months into our marriage, unbelievable, and I, and we're getting, we get along so excellently, I gotta tell you, I love my wife in a way I've never loved anybody before, I have incredible respect for my wife, okay, not only as a human being, but as a woman, there's something, how about that, a woman, And, well, I I will say that we have our physical intimacies somewhat limited because of financial, not financial, physical issues. But our emotional intimacy is so good. It's wonderful. I love being with this woman. I have no problem letting anybody know that I am married to this woman, that I love her, which was always a problem with anybody else that I was with. I never want anybody to know who I was with. For whatever reason, just that's how screwed up my head was. And yet here I am with this woman, and I love it. We were bowling today with the Lions Club. I am the West Chicago Lions Club president. For the fourth and final time, for a while, I need to get a break. It's a lot of commitment of time, energy, and effort. And I learned through my program of Recovering Alcoholics Anonymous that I shouldn't commit to something that I can't keep that commitment And I did. I've kept my commitment. I think I've missed one meeting in the last two years. Okay, maybe two meetings tops. And that's from a gathering of meetings of about two to three a month. It's probably three a month. The average is about three a month. That's a lot of meetings, especially when you own a company and you're doing real estate sales. I'm a real estate broker, and I have to work because most of the sales pay for my overhead. But I gotta tell you also, I love where I work. I love the people I work with because they're all families, they're all hardworking, you know, and I've dedicated myself to making sure that I help people along the way. It's not about the money, and it has never been about the money. It's been about enjoying what I do, helping people, trying to learn to get better at what I do. And helping people in the process. I give blood. I give uh, platelets every other week now. I think it's good guy. I feel like they have a, a main line to my veins here. But that's okay if it's helping people and it doesn't kill me. If you haven't given blood or offered to give blood, help out, you should. I always get my blood pressure checked, my iron checked, My heart rate checked, my weight checked. It always reminds me to stay on track, that I want more, I want a better life, and it's only going to happen if I stay healthy. You know, so it's like a mini checkup. And considering I have no health insurance at this time, I can't even afford Obamacare. They went from $500, $400 a month, yes, and I earned a lot of money, but I spent a lot of money on whatever. But my, it went up to, like, $1,800 a month. And for those of you that paid that kind of money for, oh, my God, for health insurance, you know, hopefully I'll last till 65, and then there'll be Medicaid or Medicare or something like that. And hopefully they'll let me get it, and I'll be able to afford the backup. Okay? But it doesn't matter because, you know what, I'm on Jesus' power. Jesus knows my life, knows what I need. And while I'm not the best spiritual guy in the world, I don't know that I'm the best of anything. I don't want to be called Christian or anything. I don't want a title. The only title I enjoy in this life, really, is alcoholic. That's one. I wear it with a sense of pride, actually. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I don't want to be called a Christian because Christians, the most of the people I found in my life, and throughout the world that screw other people claim to be Christians. And it's such a disarming title in so many ways because they use the name of Christ in a manner to say, hey, here's this main dude who came to give us life after death, and he's our, he's our guy, our hey man guy, and yet they think nothing about sinning against fellow man. I don't get it. So I don't want to be called a Christian. I, I'm a God lover. I, I, I fear God. I love God. I have a spiritual relationship. I, I don't go to church except to support my wife. My wife sings in the choir. She's great. She plays bells. She's great. Everything that my wife does, for the most part, is great. I always tell people, and it's a kind of a joke with my friends, that you know how you take people's inventory and, you know, you always point out their shortcomings. Well, I've been around with my wife long enough, three and a half years now, To tell you what her number one and only problem that I've ever really detected with her. You know, how you find little things irritating about people and stuff. Martha doesn't have those. Her number one problem that I see she has in this world is me. (coughs) That she has some compulsion to love me. And I am so grateful for that. (coughs) I don't know what I did to deserve Martha. But thank you, God. For giving me, Martha, you didn't give me, but you put her in my life, and we found each other, and hey, and it's working. We bowled today with the Lions Club. I can't bowl, and I'm a very competitive person, but since Martha's been in my life, I give up being competitive as much. I still like to compete, but it's not that important. It has never been that important. It was that's not true. It was very important in my life, young. And my family, being around my siblings, oh my God. It was compete, compete, compete. We were looking for the dominance in our family to be number one, for someone to love us, to acknowledge us. And I'm sitting here reading the topic Acceptance is the key. Key to what? Key to recovery acceptance is the key, and we're going to talk more about acceptance a little bit, but I'm running, running off here because I like to run up. I go with what feels good for me. I've got a couple of people, again, I get all these people that say, yeah, Dan, I want to be on your show. I want to, I have stuff to share and, and topics to talk about, and then I don't hear from them. So, But I'm sure when the time comes and we need to hear from them, they will reappear and we will have them here. And we will talk to them about what is going on in their lives. I met somebody that uh, works with PTSD people. I think she might be on next week. I wish they'd give me a little bit more advanced knowledge, but that's okay. If she does this, this will be great. PTSD is another mental disease. I believe I had PTSD from growing up with my father. Oh, and so we were talking about how I brought on the fact that I was doing pads Friday, I was doing pads with my oldest brother, and we were sitting there at the table, and it never ceases to amaze me that someone, and this person was the young lady that was joining us, and we were playing Pinochle, and she made a reference to the two of us growing up in a family of 13, and how wonderful that must have been. Now, i got to tell you something. Uh, You know, yeah, beauty is eye eye of the beholder, glasses half full, half empty. But the truth was that it wasn't a wonderful life. It wasn't a horrible life, and it could have been a whole lot worse, absolutely. But it had serious and, and challenging moments, of which my oldest brother, Leonard, was not privy to because he went to the seminary. He thought he might want to become a priest. And my mother loved that thought, that she would become a Catholic priest. Okay? And he, being at the seminary, escaped a lot of the abuse and challenges that were put upon myself and my two or three remaining brothers that had to go work for my father at his place of employ. He owned a gas station, and we were his slaves. We were his unpaid, unrewarded slaves. It was our duty and responsibility to show up, not complain, and we didn't. And what few times we tried and attempted to, we got slapped down like a dog. Like a beaten and battered dog was not nice. I developed a lot of bad habits growing up in that family. A lot of bad habits. Many of which my brother, my oldest brother, had no idea supposedly of. And I have I have a brother, a younger brother than I am, that found recovery And was awesome. He was awesome in recovery. He held, he was a sponsor, had meetings, didn't let things bother him. Was kind of rolling along, doing really well. And then guess what? Stopped going to meetings. He doesn't talk to me anymore. That's okay. I reach out to him every once in a while and say hi. Doesn't mean he responds, but, you know, but that's the the disease of the mind. And the disease of alcoholism, whether you are an alcoholic or a gambler. Yeah, gambler. Can you be a gambler and have an addiction? Absolutely. Come on, people. Absolutely, positively. And there are many people with these diseases. Now, now it could be drugs. Drugs could be your, your, your challenge in life. And that could be your addiction. And it's very possible that you have this addiction to drugs or alcohol or gambling or sex or pornography. Anything that makes you feel good can be abused to the point of an addiction. And some of us had that down to a science. I was a, church, a skirt chaser. I really was. I was a tur- skirt chaser. I loved women. I really do. I still do. I think they're beautiful, wonderful. They gave me the greatest feeling of love and comfort to be with a woman. The problem was that after I would have sex with them, which really felt good, it was like a junkie fix, the fix was gone and I was off looking for my next tie. It wasn't satisfactory enough and I couldn't have a relationship because number one I didn't love myself I didn't care about myself and that's terrible that's one of the things that gets fixed when you get into recovery is that the program will teach you and it taught me how to love yourself how to love yourself and when you learn to love yourself it's incredible what you can do It was incredible what I could do. I could love other people, truly love other people and help them out and do things with them and and for them. And I do. I do, I do, I do. And I I keep at it and I try to, because I know that it's a good thing for me to do. I'd rather do good things than bad things because I'm totally capable of bad things as we all are. But I prefer to do good things. Now, we were going to, and we did, we started reading the Thought for the Day book every time. And I usually want to start out with it, but I can't help it. Sometimes I just want to jump into a topic, which I did. But I, I, I would like to read the January 19th Thought for the Day. So I'm going to do that. And this is from the Hazleton book, 24 Hours a Day. You can get this. Any, any AK, AA Alcoholics Anonymous Club organization whatever. Books about, I don't know, twelve to twenty dollars depending on if you get a hardcover or not. And it basically goes covers the cost of printing and servicing. The only there's only one organization, I guess, in Alcoholics Anonymous that makes money and that's the New York City Administration Office. Other than that, nobody makes money in Alcoholics Anonymous that I'm aware of. It is a program of of choice. It's a program of volunteer if you want it. If you don't want it, that's okay. And if nobody wants it, that's okay. It will never go away completely entirely, at least not as long as I'm alive. If I was the last one carrying the torch, I would. It's meant so much to me. It's given me so much back. You know, you take a country western song where it says, well, I lost my sweetheart, lost my job, a dog done run away again. You know, when you get into Alcoholics Anonymous or working a program in recovery no matter what, there's Celebrate Recovery, by the way, and the Christian churches, and I don't say that Christian churches are bad. I just don't want to be known as a Christian. I wouldn't care less if people said, you God lover you, and I'm like, yes. You're that. Guy that loves Jesus, and I do, no matter how nutty and crazy and knuckleheady I do, I still believe in Jesus. I still believe in God. And I think everybody should. But you are entitled to believe whoever and whatever you want. But much like a country western song, when you're in recovery, the record player runs in reverse. And my dog came back, and my wife came back, and I'm still back uh, on the employment line. And I got a house again, and I got a life again, and I'm paying taxes again, and life is better and sometimes great. And it's not enough to quit drinking. It's important to work on the four pounds or six pounds or eight pounds, seven pounds of silly putty in between my ears, call my brain, because I have a mental problem and my brain, Mine wants to do crazy ass stuff Some of it I learned as a kid Again You know Coming from such a big family It's amazing The number of secrets And we don't even know The the full extent of secrets Because we don't really talk To each other Family members Some of us are still holding grudges And anger to the other one for perceived or real things that took place, happened in our lives. Isn't that incredible? I have better friends that are not family. I think a lot of people do. And that's sad because you are of blood. You would think that family would be blood. Now, today, a very, very, very sad newspaper. Not newspaper. I was reading on the Internet. I don't know if they have it. I, somebody, somehow I'm getting the newspaper delivered to my office. I don't know why. I didn't ask for it, at least not that I'm aware of. I don't know that I'm paying for it. I hope not. And what do I like in the newspaper? Well, a couple things. I, I, I do like the main newspaper, which talks about the world world issues going on. And here's some national world issues. Here, this is pretty interesting. Harry, Meghan, Harry and Meghan, to quit royal jobs, the couple to give up highness titles, forego state funding, good for them. They're not going to bow down to somebody like a dog for money, okay? They're not going to play some stupid game. And I'm not saying that, well, I am saying it's probably a stupid game, okay, that you have to listen to somebody tell you what you have to do and how you do it. That's one of the reasons why I own my own company, and I allow a lot of flexibility and freedom to the people who work for me because I want them to enjoy freedom of choice. I want them to make good choices and provide a nice income or job for their family. What's wrong with that? Nothing. And, but, you know, Megan and Harry quit their jobs. One of the first things that I was told when I got into recovery was that I had to change my playgrounds and playmates. Okay? Playgrounds and playmates. And what does that mean? Playgrounds and playmates. Well, I couldn't keep doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. I had to change what I was doing and who I was doing with. Because those people kept bringing me back to that situation that I wanted to no longer be part of. I hang around people now that drink, but not that much. And not and and not people that drink an excessive amount, unless, of course, I'm trying to hang with them so that I can help them get better, okay? And in the attempt of helping them get better, it reasserts in my mind the need to get and stay sober, the need I have to keep working this program in recovery. And to remind me I don't want to lose it. I don't want to give it up. I, I'd like where I'm at, what I'm doing, and... The only way I'm going to keep it is by continuing to repetitively give it away. Okay? And it's true. So, hey, I forgot I was reading this off of the day. Let's do this real quick, kind of get this part of the rule the, the out. Yeah, Steve, you know, one of these days we're going to have to make it an agenda. It would be nice to have a producer that said, Dad, you missed. The thoughts of the day. Let's get back to that. Oh, sorry about that. But you know what? That's always been my recovery. Just any way that the wind blew. And wind blew some wonderful things in my past. That I was planning to do one thing and then things changed. And we were talking about acceptance. What is the? What do you mean by acceptance? Well, life isn't always fair. Dan's not always fair. You know, I told you I was going to read the thoughts of the day book over and over. And I keep like like teasing you with what's gonna I'm going to read, and yet I, I walk away with it. And instead of you getting angry, upset, or anything, just accept. Just accept it. Say, okay, well, I have no power or control over Dan. I have no power or control over the weather in Illinois or in this country. You know, we have power through voting, and if you don't vote, then don't complain. I don't complain. I don't vote. I already know what the end of the story is, because I do believe in the Bible. And I ask people that do you believe in the Bible? Do you believe in the Bible? Do you believe in the Bible? And the Bible says that thy kingdom comes, thy will be done. You know, that that the higher power, that we're going to destroy ourselves in this world. And it said, Beware of false prophets. And Everybody points to religion and says, oh, this religion and that religion and this religion. It's not religion, people. It's money. Look what's what's rising from this economy. The false gods, the false prophets, they're telling us what to do to make money and how to be rich and financially well. Are they saying help other people? No. Are they saying take And make sure that we're feeding the poor and the the less fortunate. No. Who's doing it? Well, usually the people with the least amount of money gives the most time, energy, and effort. And it's always been reflected in the Bible even. But the Bible says that we will destroy ourselves and God will come and save the world. So it doesn't matter who I vote for because the outcome is going to be the same. If I vote for a bad person, they're going to... Take it and screw it up, and God's going to come. I vote for this person. They're going to take it, screw it up, and God's going to come and straighten it out. So I'm just saying, hey, God, I'll give you a jump start. Whenever you're ready, take it over. My mother is waiting for Jesus to take her. She is 93. She's lived a long life. She lives in an assisted living, and she wants to die. And how sad, because while you're on this earth, and I hope, I'm listening to myself years from now, but we have a responsibility to do something with our lives. God leaves us on this earth for some reason. Make it count, people. Okay, thoughts of the day for January nineteenth, 2020. The AA Thoughts of the Day. On the foundation of sobriety, we can build a life of honesty, unselfishness, faith in God, and love of our fellow human beings. We'll never fully reach these goals, but the adventure of building that kind of a life is so much better than the merry-go-round of our old drinking life, and there's no comparison. We come into AA to get sober, but if we stay long enough, we learn a new way of living. We become honest with ourselves and with other people. We learn to drink, no, to think more about others and less about ourselves. And we learn to rely on the constant help of a higher power. Am I living the way of honesty, unselfishness, and faith? Holy cow, I did not read this before we started talking today. Look at if this isn't what we're talking about. Meditation for the day. I believe that God had already seen my heart's needs before I cried to him, before I was conscious of those needs myself. I believe that God was already preparing The answer, God does not have to be petitioned with sighs and tears and much speaking before he reluctantly loses the desired help. He has already anticipated my every want and need. I will try to see this as his plans unfold in my life. Prayer for the day, I pray that I may understand my real wants and needs. I pray that my understanding of those needs and wants may help to bring the answer to them. I pray that my understanding, that I may understand my real wants and needs. I pray that my understanding of those needs and wants may help me to bring the answer to them. My real wants and needs. What are your real wants and needs? What are your real wants? You know, my real wants, I got to tell you something. I love the fact that my wife is a very touchy feely person in public and private. She, people say to me, that woman really loves and adores you, and cares about you. And I feel it. I feel it. I love snuggling together with that woman on the couch. And no matter what I'm doing, what she's doing, if I say, honey, would you like to sit together on the couch and snuggle, I'll fall asleep just being next to her because it's so comfortable. And it's not a reflection of her anything other than I just love being with her. Today, bowling. We sat together and she kicked my ass on bowling. She really did. The woman... What would she have, a 142, a 138, and a 95 or something? I had horrible. It was 82, 72. I could not bowl. I have a bad thumb. The uh, skin of my thumb got dry and cracked and very sore. The one time I attempted to hold the ball and throw it normally, the ball fell out of my hand and everybody looked and they were laughing. And that's okay. I could have sat out the games and said, ah, it's not good for me. But you know what? Who cares? I get up there. Today, it doesn't matter if I don't do a great job. The The point is that I showed up, and I participated, and I had fun, and people laughed and, and clapped when I got – I actually got a couple of strikes, and I couldn't believe it because I'm throwing with no thumb in the ball, and it was weird. Okay, but I – cheered and supported them and their attempts and their efforts and successes. And that's what being friends is all about. It's not all about us. It's not all about me anymore. It's about helping people feel good about themselves in a world lost in, I don't know, selfish desires. You can't take money with you yet. Look at how many people are billionaires now. Billionaires. And yet we have homeless and poor people. And you can see, look at, what's that lady that wrote the, uh, Harry Potter. She is no longer a billionaire. She became a billionaire because of her books. She is no longer a billionaire. And why is that? Because she's giving the money back to people that need it. There's nothing wrong that she hangs out of some money and keeps, takes care of herself. But she recognizes, what's the point in having all this money? You're not going to take it with you. You die and you'll leave it behind. And like dogs in heat, people will fight over your estate. Fight over your estate because they want the money. You know, I have stuff, a bunch of stuff, that means something to me. I enjoyed gathering it, collecting it, and I, I really don't know if it has any value. In my mind, it's worth money. In reality, who knows? Who cares? It really doesn't. Because when I die... My wife can do whatever she wants with it. She can give it away, throw it away, sell it, do whatever. It doesn't matter because I'm dead. I'm not taking it with me. Not at all. And if she calls my kid and says, hey, Dan, do you want this? My son will say, hey, get a dumpster. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Shameless plug for God Junk. Where's my bell? I promised to ring a bell when I start plugging things and people. There you go. Okay, shameless plug for God Junk. Here's another one. Got some neat bells. Yep. Yeah, it was funny. Today, my wife and I went uh, to breakfast after bowling, and then we went antique shopping, and I have this incredible – I really do. I have an incredible collection of mugs, coffee mugs, that nobody will probably ever drink from. But if you enjoy looking at them, I had—I love when people come in and say they're fascinated by the stuff that I – I have so much crap. It's not funny. If you looked at my office, it is a collection of stuff that I find fascinating. <laughs> it does. I find it fascinating. And it's a good thing that I'm not wealthy because if I was, I told my wife I'd probably own a lot more crap. And she laughed and knows that's true. That probably is true. So photos to – got to write some notes to myself, okay? Uh, Batavia, Batavia, we're supposed to do that. We'll do. Also, uh, appraiser. Got the appraiser coming out. Good God. Lester. Wednesday, 12, yep, amazing, uh, amazing, okay, live show, this is a live show here on Blog Talk Radio, part of the link local network, my friend Tony out in, I guess she's, where are you out, Tony, you're in Virginia, West Virginia, has a place out there, loves it, will come back and operate his business in the summertime, okay, shout out to you, To to, uh, Lambert To Marvin Marvin was uh, Our number one bowler 247 He's one hell of a bowler And he wore his kilt And We said prayers to his son Because his son had uh, open heart surgery this, This week and he's already up Walking around they said Kudos to modern medicine Really kudos to you guys Good job Um what else? There's so many other people I want to say hello and thank you to, and my friend Melanie and her her son Aaron. Aaron, I was so impressed when I saw you last couple of weeks, man. You look good. Aaron is a rock star musician who has yet to achieve his total level of success that he probably deserves and warrants. But with time, he'll he'll get it. He will get it because. Again, yeah. he uh, deserves it It warrants that degree of success. Good for him. Amen. Now, when we talk about acceptance, by the way, people, you know, what uh, what does that really mean? That means that I don't have to like something to accept it. When I accept something as being exactly the way it's supposed to be, At that particular time, I'm not going to spend a lot of time unnecessarily trying to change something that I can't. You know, if you're locked in a a jail cell, I don't know. Can you change that maybe through petitioning? I don't know. Maybe sometimes it, it, it warrants trying to change, but for the most part... People's attitudes, I can't change. I went through a workshop with my younger brother who, for the first time in his adult life, stepped out of the closet and identified the fact that he dressed in drag like a woman. He enjoyed dressing like a woman. Okay? You know, kudos, women. I know you have some really nice outfits, et cetera, But I don't believe that was the reason why my brother did it. My dad was such a violent person to his family that I believe we repulsed the thought of being a man because the thought of us growing up being anywhere like this person that was my father, that was very repulsive. It was terrible. He was very, very... Domineering And mean And nasty And yet I know he had a couple of good parts In his heart I don't give him enough credit for that He stayed with our family He never left us He raised 13 kids Got us all to adulthood Through his efforts Financially I know he hated us And hated having to do that But he stayed in there. I don't know if that's reward enough. In fact, talking about my family made me realize what we were talking about today, that we were. But I read about the Amish religion and family, and it's sad. It really is sad that there's so much, so many uh, incest going on. In Amish families, and it's terrible. I mean, it 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 it's almost a um the Amish. It is almost an epidemic. There's three hundred forty thousand. Amish people in the United States that they have knowledge. And they say one out of five or so, I don't even know what the numbers are, but there's a lot of sexual abuse, a lot of people die from incest and, you know, uh, breeding within the, the, the family. And and uh, and it all has to do with isolating. Isolationism is like a horrible, horrible thing. Because, number one, you get away with many things because some of it you just don't even know better okay they talk about how kids are not even told basic functions of their body and so when they're trying to describe the abuse that's going on they don't know how to describe a vagina or a penis or uh their at ain't at their asshole i guess you know and i'm sorry about the terms people but you know that's how isolated they are that they have that kind of life. And we you know, it's just sad. It really was. I read about it 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 was a very long article. It was a sad article how people are given slaps on the wrist, told not to do it again, and yet the victims are chastised. The victims, the people that were abused, the women that were raped, the the sisters that were raped, they are Held accountable for being a temptation to these people and creating a temptation, and it's wrong, but it is what it is. It's uh, yeah, it was very. It, it was it was part of the news today. I don't even know if I could find it in the news today a little bit. And it's not not a read that you really want to read, but it it does tell you. That in large families, so our family, I don't know if there was any incest. I I don't know that. Okay, honestly, I don't. I do know that there was some sexual abuse from uh, a man that uh, was a friend of my father's, and I guess that he was uh, doing something or attempting to do something to my sisters. But I'll be honest with you. I grew up in a family of 13 kids with six brothers and six sisters, and I knew little about my sister's and what went on in their lives. They were kept so far away from us, even though we lived in the same house, the same household, but we did not. The only time we saw each other was for dinner, and then everybody went off on their own way. It was pretty wild. And the boys, they got dragged off to the garage. We were the slaves of the of my father's. We had to go to the garage. Yep, pretty amazing. We're coming up at the 8 o'clock hour, guys. My mouth is tired. I want to give myself a little break here. Okay, let's see if I can find that. Uh, is there anything here? Uh, there's so much sad things going on. Let's see what's going on here. Anything that we can point out to? Well, it doesn't matter. We're going to listen. We're going to take a break. I'm going to play some Marilyn Scott because that's what I do. I love listening to her. And I'm going to listen to, start with, if today was the last of all days. And I want you to think about it. What if today was the last of all days? If your last day of your life, what would you do on the last day of your life? Are you ready to meet your maker? Are you ready to go beyond? Some people don't get that choice. Death comes quickly. Other people die slowly. You know, the longer I live, the closer I get to my death. It's true. But I'll tell you what, I've enjoyed the journey to this point. Never thought the journey in life could be this wonderful, and it's all because I stayed, got and stayed sober. Okay, so kick back and listen to Marilyn Scott, and we'll be back with more on the Road to Recovery with your host, Dan Chuba, in about, I don't know, give us about 20 minutes, even maybe half hour. Just relax a little bit, okay, and enjoy Carolyn Scott.
1: If today were the last of all days, would it change how you feel who you are? Would you rise for a
2: Did you like what
1: you see looking down?
0: Did you give everything
1: that you could? Have you done everything We don't. Thank you. Thank you. Improve prove me wrong yeah. from the moment Marilyn Scott.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful, man. Okay, everybody, we're back with The Road to Recovery. I was just loving Marilyn Scott. I just love Marilyn Scott. For those of you that uh, don't know, if you're a first-time listener, I love Marilyn Scott. I got hooked on her listening to the uh, first song we played, and that was, If Today Was the Last of All Days, it's a unique song. It really hit me at a time in my life Where It made me look and say to myself, if today was the last day of my life, would I like what I see looking down? And I didn't. And I said to myself, what can I do? And that meant making changes. And if you want a different life, then maybe you need to make some changes in your life, you know? Uh, Again, I know the topic today was acceptance, but it's not really deep and difficult to understand If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, accept it. You don't have to like it. I was telling you a story about my brother who, for the first time in his adult life, after going through many challenges in his life, we did a workshop together. And upon completion of the workshop, he announced that he enjoyed dressing up like a woman every once in a while. Made him feel good. And I was telling you the story that my dad was such a, just really a raging asshole as a father and a man that I believe that some of us men in our family didn't want to be, grew up to be a man. And my mother... as it is wasn't really much of a woman she didn't have the caring loving touch she was more of a barrack sergeant because she had 14 13 kids to take care of and all the problems that went along with that and I think that it was easier for some of my brothers to identify with being a woman and a better woman than my mother than it was to be like a, a man like my father that nobody wanted to be that's what I believe. So my brother stepped out and said, hey, brother, what do you think? And I go, Jim, I love you, man. You are who you are. <clears throat> you are who you are. And he said, thank you, brother, for loving me and accepting me. And I said, I do. He said, what, are your, what do you think your son's going to say? At the time, my son was maybe around seven or so. And I said to him, what are you talking about? He says, "Well, when he sees me dressed up like this," and I went. I said, "Listen, Jim, I accept you and love you for who you are, but I don't want you doing that around my son. It's not fair. It, it's not." He couldn't understand it, and that's the difference. You don't have to like it. I can't change my brother, although he did evolve himself and and it's come a long, long way from that point in his life. But you can't change that. That's something that they got to do. I had to accept who he was. When I accepted him, it was easier to deal with him than it was to constantly battle and say, I don't agree, I don't agree. You know, nobody likes to be around people that don't agree with who we are, what we are, and what we do, right? And... Okay, back to it. You know, acceptance helps me move along. Instead of fighting battles, you know, like Don Quixote, fighting battles with imaginary creatures and things that I can't do anything about. When I accept it, I can move on and put my energy in things that I can do and make changes about. And that's really what the key to life and living is about, is acceptance. Turn it over. Let go and let God is what I hear people say, and while it may seem difficult to do that, it is such a rewarding thing to do, okay? Let go and let God, and don't mess with things that you can't do. We're in the last 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the show. Um, There's a good possibility we have a guest next week, and if we did, that would be great might be talking about PTSD. Either way, let's let's make an attempt to talk about it. It's a topic that really should be addressed um, because so many people go through it. It's not a fun thing. PTSD, trying to understand what's happening. And uh, holy cow. Yep, that's pretty interesting, boys and girls. Wow. Okay. That is pretty amazing. Okay, guys. Listen, I uh, hope you have a great week. If you need something, you can always call me. I have a toll-free number, 1-800-427-5968. That's 1-800-I-ASK-YOU. And I look forward to helping you if you need some help. If nothing I can do is listen, maybe throw some things that work for me, and maybe they'll work for you, if not, maybe I can give you some ideas to direct you where you might get some help, okay, I just hope that you have a great week, unless you have other plans, and you know, it is important, it is important that you take life one day at a time, one step at a time, right, and whatever that means, okay, in your life. Yeah. All right, listen, it's easy to get distracted doing this thing, I swear. But, listen, I'm glad you listened tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show. Be part of it every week. It's a live show. You have a way to call in, area code 323-580-5755. Here on the Road to Recovery, Sunday nights from 7 7 to whatever, 9 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, always looking for wonderful people to join me on the air, okay? If it doesn't do anything for anybody else, it really is helping me, and that's what recovery is about, is taking care of ourselves and getting whatever we need to grow. I'm doing just that. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Make sure you go out and hug somebody. Say hello first, though, and then hug them and let them know that they, their lives matter, okay? Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com That's chumbacasino.com No purchase
1: necessary. VGW were prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.